0: Welcome to the Baseball America Playoff Podcast. I'm Teddy Cahill. We've got Carlos Colazo here with me today, and uh, we're gonna. What day is today? Today's October five. <laughs> the it's the playoffs. Friday.
1: Have you just <laughs> turned around? Say, uh, yeah. Who knows
0: what day is Eddie? This is the. This is the good day, though. This is the day where you're guaranteed four playoff games.
1: Yes. It's we've got a lot going on right now. We had the start of two National League Division Series last night. One was a really good game, one not so much. We'll jump into both of those and preview the American League Series that's kicking off tonight. But it is awesome to have four playoff games, meaningful baseball being played, uh, and you can get your fix however you want. But I guess we can just go ahead and dive into the games from from last night.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the great thing about today is that... um, there are going to be multiple games going on at the same time. That's one thing that I don't super like about yeah. October, that if you have a dud of a game, yeah. like we kinda did last <laughs> night, there's nothing else where you. you have to like go watch the NFL mm-hmm. and watch Tom Brady throw for his five hundred yeah. uh, T D pass or whatever. But uh, we'll get to that we'll get to that Dodgers game in a second. Let's start with the more interesting game. The oh, infinitely more so. <laughs> the Brewers uh, beat the Rockies three to two to open that series at home there in Miller Park and I mean it was just one of the like the Brewers had the lead early mm-hmm. um, took the lead and kind of held the lead right up until the ninth inning they're both there they had a bullpen day I guess yeah that was <laughs> um, they all seem like bullpen days I don't know at what point are they not bullpen days yeah exactly just I mean the we've, way seen, we play we've seen so
1: many teams do that uh, especially during these playoffs now after the success that the Rays had in the regular season that I mean it makes sense I get it but That also kind of makes me even more excited to watch some of these American League series that are kicking off with legitimate aces that are taking the mound. But yeah, the Brewers game, I mean, I watched the majority of this game and missed the beginning of it because it started here while we were at work yesterday. But from when I was watching, it looked like the Brewers were in control really the whole time. So it wasn't surprising to see them come out on top for me. Obviously, it was kind of a fun uh, ending to see Moustakis get that walk-off hit. Now we're seeing all kinds of uh, Mike Moustakis clutch stories, which I'm not really going to buy into. (laughs) We can go into Mike Moustakis' overall postseason stats, I mean they're significantly worse than than his regular season numbers. I think actually in 2015 when the Royals won it, he had the least clutch season of his entire career. This year he actually has been clutch if you're just going (laughs) off of Fangraph's clutch metrics, which I kind of dove into. But um, I would hold off on labeling Moustakis as a clutch postseason player. But how about Christian Yelich in his first ever postseason Yeah, I mean,
0: game? so that that's an interesting thing here is that Moose has obviously a lot of postseason 32 games, I believe. And there are a few guys on the Brewers with, with some postseason experience. Jonathan Scope, of mm-hmm. course, Ryan Braun. But there are also a lot of Brewers that this is a new thing for, mm-hmm. uh, Yelich being one of them. And... You know, this is a, a kind of a recurring theme, too, in the night game where the Dodgers are, of course, very postseason tested, mm-hmm. except for Max Muncie, who wasn't bothered, <laughs> and then the Braves, who are not. I mean, I don't know that, like, we can make any sort of blanket statements about does experience matter mm-hmm. or not, and I don't know that either one of us knows enough. Yeah. Like, we aren't uh, in the postseason. <laughs> so, I, you know, everyone reacts differently, but it was interesting to see the way that Jelic Uh, I mean, good players do good things on big stages, and that's what he did yesterday.
1: Yeah, two for three with a home run, two walks after leading the National League in hitting and slugging during the regular season. I mean, Keegan Lowe in the office said it best earlier, this guy's just unconscious at the plate right now. It's so fun to watch him play, and, and as you mentioned, some of these guys that don't have a ton of experience in the postseason, it's just a joy to watch some of these guys get their first licks in October baseball. Uh, a really fun game. One thing I wanted to mention was the Brewers running game. I feel like uh, today we talk a lot about pitching, uh, the bullpen, kind of exit velocity, launch angle numbers, pitch framing, but just controlling the running game I feel like is an underrated aspect of the game. Uh, maybe it doesn't have the overall value. Uh, it's, a, it's a smaller part of the game, but I do think it's important to note the Brewers are a good base running team. They also are the third best team overall. This is regular season. Uh, at controlling the running game and and catching uh, batters attempting to steal. So they're the best team at that of the the teams we have left in the playoffs. Uh, And Manny Pena the other day just had a few really nice throws uh, catching multiple runners. Uh, He's a 30% caught stealing rate for his career, and then it's up to 41% this season. He's top 10 in the league uh, in average pop time as StatCast records that 1.94 seconds on average. So I think that's just another thing to watch with the, the Brewers that's pretty fun. Um, they're a good base running team and they seem to control it pretty well. Uh, you, you don't really hear that talked about a ton. I'm not sure if the broadcast did last night. I wasn't listening to it, I was just watching. Uh, but I do think that's a, another just wrinkle to the game that the Brewers do pretty well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think also what you saw yesterday was with so many relievers in, I mean, those are guys that are usually pretty attuned to mm-hmm. to wanting to control the running game, being quick to the plate, and um, obviously Josh Hader being you know left-handed and all the rest of that. But it's going to be interesting to see, not just for the Brewers, but for every team, uh, with their big bullpen arms, like just how much yeah. can you rely on them. I mean, Hader threw a couple innings last night, and the fact that it went, into the extras didn't help anyone trying to bullpen their way through this, or, yeah. or even just the Rockies who didn't. But I mean, they went to the bullpen in the sixth inning, mm-hmm. and the, the the bullpens both had to carry a fair amount. And now today, when you have Anderson and Chasen on the mound, like, I are they going to be asked a little more, mm-hmm. or are can the bullpens with all the off days in the uh, in the playoffs? You know, can these bullpens? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, be asked to, to be a m- little more active. So I, I think that's just going to be interesting. Every series we're watching throughout the October, what what the effects of, mm-hmm. of all of that are.
1: Yeah, well, for for sure the Dodgers will not have to worry about that too much after the start <laughs> they got from, uh, from Ryu the other night. Seven shutout innings. Uh, they really didn't have to tap into their bullpen at all, and they've got one of the best pitchers of all time going tonight in Clayton Kershaw. But what about this Dodgers-Braves game? I mean, I think you touched on it earlier i think these teams kind of mirror each other in a lot of ways the dodgers our team with plenty of experience guys who have been here before one of the most talented teams in the league who underperformed throughout the regular season kind of had to battle through a tough division just to make it here obviously you, they were in the wild you kept game. hearing yeah. like if they get in watch no out
0: one, yeah like no one no one wants to see them get in because they're the most talented exactly. team and you know to to win that game on monday the 163 to win the division mm-hmm especially with, was was critical for them as we saw with the Cubs who were probably the second most talented team in the league and are now gone.
1: Yeah exactly I mean they were definitely a sleeping giant and then in a lot of the way in a lot of ways the Braves are playing with house money at this point they were not expected to be a playoff team this year by all preseason projections and anyone that you would have asked I mean I, I think people pretty much assumed the Nationals were gonna run away with this division uh, the Braves and the Phillies made it interesting before uh, the former faded down the stretch but the, the, the Braves, a lot of their young guys, they just didn't look like they were ready. I know it's one game, you don't want to read into it too much. Obviously, Ronald Acuna, Yon Camargo, Alciavis, all those guys are extremely talented. Um, but they got blown out in game one, and they have a big task in front of them. And Clayton Kershaw, it'll be interesting to see how the position players respond and, ha- and how the arms look. Obviously, Fultonevich didn't last two complete innings. That's never a good sign. When you have to have a bullpen day, when you're throwing a uh, traditional yeah, starter, it, it,
0: that, that wasn't. So if you if you intend to have a bullpen day, that's one thing. But <laughs> yes. when, when that happens, it's completely different. And now that puts a lot more onus on Annabelle Sanchez, mm-hmm. who is one of the more uh, veteran players on this Braves yes. team, maybe the most veteran. Well, I guess Nick mm-hmm. Um, But you know that it, it is interesting. I mean, you saw Cunha. Um, I don't know if he blew a sign. It seems yeah, like he, he blew a sign. Yeah, after the um, game,
1: Snickers said that there was not a sign. So he, I guess, he either misread a sign or yeah, or just to, really on that aggressive. stolen base. Mm-hmm. Maybe
0: they, they I, I guess it was that they put up the stop sign and mm-hmm. he ran through it. Yeah,
1: that was kind of baffling at the time. And I believe Camargo struck out, so it was a, it was a double play there with a strike him out, throw him out. So it was not a good look. Um, in the end, I don't, yeah, think, I don't really think it really matters. Yeah, I don't think it affected the game,
0: yeah. but it, that is one of these things mm-hmm. that, like, you know, in situations like that, mm-hmm. if you're going to be a young player, like, and you make a young player mistake or a rookie mistake, mm-hmm. you know, it gets magnified and everyone notices because that's that's the only thing anyone is watching. And so it'll be interesting to see how, you okay, Acuna um, and Ozzie and, and all these guys that debuted yesterday mm-hmm. in the playoffs, how do you now take that experience? Like, Was that just a matter of jitters or mm-hmm. whatever? And now you've seen Dodgers Stadium in the playoffs. What what next?
1: Yeah. And a guy who who had his first playoff experience on the Dodgers side of things was Mac Mun- Max Muncy, and he did not seem to be phased at all. He led the team with 35 home runs this year, which is just absurd, kind of considering his background and, and how he's developed as a player. Um, but to see him hit that home run in his first ever postseason at bet. I believe uh, one of the, I think it was one of the MLB.com writers, Ken Gernick might have been, wrote that he was the, just the fourth Dodgers player of all time to homer in his first ever postseason plate appearance. So that's pretty cool. He's a guy whose launch angle has risen dramatically from 2016 to this season. It was 10.4 and now it's 17.8. I think people have probably written about this uh, at many different places, kind of how he's developed as a hitter. But I kind of looked back at our draft report of him in 2012 uh, after he came out of college. I think he was drafted in the fifth round. Uh, but at that point, scouts were hesitating to throw above-average power on him and kind of just to see what he's done this season and now in the playoffs is incredible, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you look at college players from that era, mm-hmm. uh, of course, the that was kind of in the, dead, the deadest of the dead ball era in, in college baseball. And... In college baseball at the time, the bat had just been dead and mm-hmm. the ball hadn't been livened up yet.
1: Now we've got a juice ball, and now the now they're playing
0: <laughs> big league juiced ball. But also, like you mentioned, he's changed his swing a little bit to tap in. Like he's a big dude. Yeah, there's raw power there, and now now he's got a swing that maybe is more more attuned to that. But I mean, that's a guy. Of course, I, I feel like everyone knows the the Max Muncy kind of backstory at this point, where he mm-hmm. was DFA'd and now has broken out with the Dodgers this season. And um, I mean, that, that's just. I love to see the perseverance mm-hmm. there, that okay, it didn't work out in Oakland, uh, but the, he's, he's come, come to the Dodgers and, and uh, been able to be a, a big part of this offense all season long, which has needed him mm-hmm. at several times because they've had injuries to guys like Turner and, and uh, you know, Puig's been up and down. But uh, Max Muncy, just an incredible season, and much like Yelich, c- carrying that over to the mm-hmm. postseason in his first experience Now Max Muncy doing the
1: same thing. Yeah, no, it's terrific to see. Um, And it's also interesting to note, but with both of these series, teams that win game one of a five-game series at home, so the home team who wins game one wins 75% of the time. Uh, I don't know that we could write off either of these other teams (laughs) just based on that number, but... A lot of work to be done by both the Rockies and the Braves. Uh, they're going to have to dig themselves out of a hole here. I
0: mean, it's very much an uphill battle, uh, especially when you consider that both of the home teams, the Brewers and the Dodgers, have. I don't know if we can truly. I mean, I'm not going to say that Kershaw's not their number one, mm-hmm. but like, you know, Walker Bueller exists too. But yeah. So Kershaw's throwing, and no doubt the Brewers view Shasin as their number one. So they both have these guys going in game two. And if they win today, uh, I don't know what the numbers are but I know that it, <laughs> they're probably it, a little worse <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that goes up close much closer to 100 um, percent so it's kind of in both of these teams the the Braves and the Rockies absolutely need to need a win today mm-hmm. they want a tied going home but they're facing a, a pretty significant task and yeah. trying to beat. It, with other teams it would not
1: be fun for Braves fans to go back down 0-2, first ever playoff game at SunTrust Park, uh, and watching your team get swept to leave at the playoffs. That would not be a fun
0: situation. So. But Craig Kimbrell won't be waiting in the bullpen <laughs> this year. No,
1: that is the one shining positive. Maybe he'll <laughs> be waiting in the bullpen for the Red Sox. Uh, but with that, let's get into some of these American League Division Series previews. Uh, with those series kicking off tonight, we've got Astros versus Indians. Corey Kluber taking the mound for the Tribe versus Justin Verlander. Maybe the best pitcher that you would want on the mound going for you uh, in this moment. We can kind of get into that. And then Red Sox, the Yankees. Uh, we've got Hap versus Sale. Sale will be interesting kind of coming back from his shortened season this year. Uh, but what do you think about both of these series? For me personally, I think they're, uh, just from a player and a team perspective, much more interesting than the National League series just because I'm excited to see legitimate aces out there on the mound pitching. The bullpenning is fun, it's interesting, but I think for casual fans, you wanna see the best starting pitchers in the game pitching in October, and that's what we're gonna get.
0: Yeah, I mean, when, when you look at these teams, these are the heavyweights, right? Yeah. Um, you know, these are the teams that won 100 games, with the exception of the Indians, who kinda coasted through the early, mm-hmm. the first half of the season, rather than winning 100 games. Um, but I you know they have as much talent or more talent than, mm-hmm. than anyone um, especially on the pitching side so yeah I I think it's just gonna be very interesting to to see how these teams go at it I mean you've got the defending World Series champion in this half of the bracket mm-hmm. um, and so I yeah I I think that that's fair um, now I grew up in an AL City so I'm yeah. kind of like inclined to pay more attention to the AL anyway mm-hmm. Um so I would definitely say that, but I'm glad to hear that you, who grew up watching more NL baseball, also thinks that... Yeah, I probably have
1: to admit that I'm definitely Team DH at this point (laughs) after growing up. I I used to be anti-DH, but I think I'm joining the the DH train. So yeah, the the AL over the NL for sure, especially this year. But one thing that's fascinating about the Astros and Indians specifically is kind of looking at at the traditional game versus kind of where the analytics has taken the game today This one's going to be fun because the Astros, whose pitching staff leads the league in strikeout percentage at 28.5, a pretty healthy margin over the second-best team, I believe it's the Yankees, uh, versus the Indians, who made the most contact in baseball this year, kind of seeing which side is going to win that battle. uh, And I, I kind of want to ask you, Teddy, what do you think about the importance of just contact in the playoffs? We've seen previously with teams like the Royals and the Giants have used contact rate to really push themselves to World Series victories. Um, Do you think that's enough evidence to show that, yeah, that really does matter more in the playoffs, especially with the way the game has changed?
0: You know, I I would generally say yes, Mm -hmm. because when you make more contact, you get on base more traditionally. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, the Yankees are obviously a little more homer-dependent, but when you play in that stadium, Mm -hmm. I think that that helps. I think that the thing about the Giants and the Royals together is that they both play in very pitcher-friendly venues, yeah. where making contact is important because it takes a lot to drive the ball out yeah. of either at t or Kauffman. So I don't know that like it's enough to say their success is enough to say. And I think the Astros were pretty good at making contact last year too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's yeah, both to the say Astros and the Cubs to say that, that yes, like this is what plays in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I think we're we're. Probably trending that way because it's not even so much that for me it's not even so much that uh, you know striking out is bad or Mm -hmm. or anything it's more just that if you make contact like the the level of pitching that you face in October is so high because you're going to see the high leverage relievers so much more often Mm -hmm. and for longer stretches because they have the off days Mm -hmm. and because Those guys want to take the ball because they understand what it means to take the ball this month, uh, that they don't have to leave anything on the table. They want to go out and win the World Series. So I think when you're seeing guys like Andrew Miller and Brad Hand and Osuna and all of these other insanely good relievers, Mm -hmm. that if you have the ability, if you have bat-to-ball ability, that plays better against them because otherwise they will just carve you up.
1: Definitely, it'll be fun to watch and see what happens. Another thing that that I'm going to be interested in watching is Carlos Correa. He's battled some health issues this year. I think Eno Saras of The Athletic pointed out that his rolling exit velo recently is the lowest that it's ever been. Uh, Obviously, he's one of the best young players in the game when healthy, so seeing kind of Correa and Lindor, two of the best young shortstops in the league, going at it will be fun. It'll obviously be a lot more fun if Correa is fully healthy, Uh, so that'll be another thing to watch with them. Let's get into Red Sox-Yankees a little bit. Obviously... Red Sox-Yankees is always a fun series. When that's coming in October, that's amplified even more so. I mean, what are you looking forward to in this series besides two of the best teams in baseball going at it?
0: Yeah, I mean, you start with the fact that we've got, you know, these incredible franchises, especially this year, like these teams going at it. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think that it's going to be interesting here just to see how Um, the Yankees power plays. I I think that's one of the things I'm I'm looking forward to seeing, Um, you know, seeing what what this lineup of of Stanton and Judge, especially, and Sanchez and all the rest of them, uh, what they can do against what is a really good Red Sox rotation. Mm -hmm. Um, And that starts tonight when you have Chris Sale going. And it's going to be interesting to see what Chris Sale looks like, um, because obviously coming in to down the stretch, there was the injury, mm-hmm. and then he came back, and then there have been a lot of velocity questions. And yeah. uh, What does that look like tonight is gonna be critical, and especially, uh, you know, in a seven-game series, you can hide that a little more. If, if he has a bad outing, it's not. In a seven-game series, it's still a big deal, but it's not that it's, big. Yeah, big it's not as. In a five-game series, it's super. Uh, like a, 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 Incredibly it, it important. Is, yeah, and, and so, if if he pitches well, and the Red Sox are, are able to build off that, that's that's absolutely huge for mm-hmm. them. Uh, it's not a huge deal if they lose. They have plenty to, to come back in the series. Yeah. But to get him off on the right foot for October for this series, I think it would be uh, pretty significant tonight. Definitely,
1: and I think the one edge that the Yankees probably have in this one is their bullpen, especially if you're looking at recent results. So that kind of makes the, uh, the onus on Chris Sale to go into the game and kind of give them a healthy six seven innings if possible i mean he's a guy that's previously done that but their bullpen i think since august 1st has a, uh, an era around 4.3 when you're kind of looking at some of these elite bullpens that the yankees the astros the indians have uh that's a pretty big gap in what they're putting up so as you get deeper into the game these yankees hitters are going to be a little bit more dangerous if the bullpen for the red sox is in so kind of a more traditional pitching staff for the red sox or kind of Well, me, I'm bringing up the traditional versus the analytically pushed game. So that's going to be fun to watch and see. But you still have Craig Kimbrell.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a matter of bridging to Kimbrell. Exactly. Because if Sale gives you eight and Kimbrell gives you one, like everyone feels very good about that. Obviously, yeah. Uh, It's a matter of if Sale gives you six, what do you do? Exactly. Um, And and it'll be interesting to see how Alex Cora manages this game and other games, uh, this series, about how... You know, how much do they play matchups? You know, these are two teams that know each other very, very well, obviously. Mm-hmm. You play 19 times during the regular season, so, um, you know, they've got, they've got a lot going on, uh, you know, just in terms of, um, you know, internal data about mm-hmm. who faces who better and, and who matches up well. And so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But also, in this series, um, you know, we were talking about the inexperience of the Brewers and the Braves. Uh, both these teams are fully battle tested, yeah. except for their managers. <laughs> um, you know, so Alex Cora, of course, did win the World Series last year as a bench coach, mm-hmm. but you know, Aaron Boone, this is really his first rodeo, and I don't know. I mean, I don't think either one of us thinks that managers are no, all that, I'm out on that during the regular season, team. but during the playoffs, yeah. it, their their decisions do get magnified because, you know. One pitching change can sway the whole thing, and yeah. in five games, you know, losing one game is is a little more significant than over one. Yeah, I'm really
1: stoked to get into this game and watch these managers do their thing. <laughs> Cannot wait. <laughs> With that though, uh, we've got the Indians kicking off at two this afternoon. Uh, Brewers, Rockies at four fifteen. Yankees, Red Sox primetime seven thirty Eastern Time start, uh, and then the Braves and the Dodgers wrapping up our four game action at nine thirty. Is there anything else that we haven't touched on, Teddy, that you want to mention? Well,
0: you did kind of tease it, and I'm interested in your answer. So, Verlander, Kluber, maybe the best. you could Yeah, this pick is funny because
1: one of my—I was talking to one of my friends who, who follows the game pretty pretty closely. He said Verlander would definitely be the guy he wanted. Like that is his pitcher, and I think that's it's certainly fair. I mean, with what Verlander has done recently, kind of how he's um, reformed himself as a pitcher as he's gone through a, a very long and successful career. Uh, is really good too. I don't I don't really know. I wouldn't want to be the person deciding. Um I guess recency would probably allow you to lean Justin Verlander, just kind of what he did helping the Astros win last year. But I really don't think you can go wrong with either of these two guys. So I'm just gonna flip a coin and take whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I think that's fair that those are absolutely two of the the guys that I would want on the mound the most. I mean, if we're limiting ourselves to just pitchers in this playoff, mm-hmm. so eliminate Scherzer limited a healthy Scherzer would Garner. probably be the guy um, that I take. Yeah, I mean, those, those two are, and, and DeGrom, th- those guys are all very, very special. But if we're just limiting to the eight teams left in the playoffs, mm-hmm. I think those are the two guys, especially, I mean, you could pick Sale if you were confident that he was healthy. Mm-hmm. I'm not at the, I'm not there right now. Yeah.
1: You're not going to take a guy like Julio Tehran, <laughs> <laughs> Teddy?
0: And, you know, maybe maybe what Walker Bueller did yeah. uh, the other night, maybe that sways you, or, or you want Kershaw's, um, you know, regular season track record, maybe not mm-hmm. his postseason track record, uh, but yeah, I mean, those are the two, and I, I think, it, yeah, it's hard to say right now with what JV did in the playoffs mm-hmm. last year that that wouldn't be the pick, but at the same time, Kluber's stone cold, and he's, yeah. he's a really, really good this Incredibly
1: year. good. That's why this matchup is going to be so fun to watch. Can't wait.
0: Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll leave you to the all this playoff baseball today and uh, for the rest of the weekend, and then... The Baseball America Playoff Podcast will be back on Monday. Um, we'll, see, uh, we'll see who's on, whether yeah. it's uh, one of us, or Kyle, or JJ, we've got a lot of people. Uh, here We're pretty the versatile, yeah, yeah. We've got the, a deep the, bullpen, yeah. can um, put in
1: whoever we want. Yeah, we didn't we, even mention uh, our Player of the Year award was announced we, today. We did
0: not, but over at BaseballAmerica.com, uh, you can find the, uh, the Baseball America Rookie of the Year was announced yesterday, that was Shohei Otani. And today we made it uh, double angels. Uh, yes. We made Mike Trout.
1: For all the good it did them in the playoffs. Uh, Mike Trout, the <laughs> player
0: of the year. I believe that's the fourth time Mike Trout yes. has been named our, our player of the year. He, uh, he says in a story that you can read over on baseballamerica.com that he thinks it was his best year yet. So Mike Trout endorsing yes. the idea that if the best is player, of player of all
1: time in his best year ever doesn't win, I don't know what we're doing. No, I, this kind of tongue-in-cheek. Moogie Betts had a fantastic year as well. I think there's a solid argument for both, but Eileen Strout, yeah. <laughs> Teddy on the Francisco lore, Lindor bandwagon. But definitely check that out at baseballamerica.com as well as a number of other items. I know Teddy We're has been busy uh, on the college side. Yeah. I've been busy writing a bunch of uh, 2019 draft reports that'll be launching at some point next week. You can look forward to if playoff action is not enough.
0: We're still wrapping up league top twenties, yep. uh, so you can check. They're almost all out there. We're down to the short season leagues um, at this point, but you can uh, you can check out all the full season leagues. They're all online now, and mm-hmm. we'll finish up with the short season leagues uh, into Shout next. Shout out to week. the Appy League, Appy Wander League, Franco. Uh, Carlos did that one. You can check that one out. I yeah. believe next week. Um, And so yeah, there's plenty there for subscribers, and before you know it, uh, we'll have the uh, top 10 lists uh, for all 30 major league teams, which of course feeds into the Baseball America Handbook, uh, which you can pre-order at store.baseballamerica.com. I finally got that URL (laughs) right. Uh, (laughs) uh, I think we changed it recently. So it's store.baseballamerica.com, and it won't be too many clicks book. away if you no, go to if you, BaseballAmerica.com. Yeah, if, I, if, if you wind up on the homepage... If you're
1: listening to this podcast, you're probably pretty tech-savvy to click around on our website. I would <laughs> hope so. Uh,
0: and I would hope that you're also a big Baseball America yes. fan who understands that the Handbook uh, is a fantastic product, as is the magazine, so if you're not subscribing, you can definitely do that over uh, as well, and we would greatly appreciate it. We also would appreciate you subscribing to this podcast. Uh, throughout the month, we are um, you know, doing these daily playoff podcasts. Uh, we also have our prospect podcast and our college podcast. And um, you know, So if you do that over uh, on iTunes or your, your favorite podcast app um, or rate... Give us, us five stars. Uh, yes. I, if you feel like this was a five-star podcast, I, I mean, maybe. Maybe I mean, it was. Teddy
1: crushed it with his... I mean, bringing out the college background on Max Muncy, <laughs> where else are you going to get that, okay? <laughs> The context of the college environment when Max Muncy was graduating, like, come on.
0: So yeah, rate, review us. The iTunes algorithm loves that, and that helps more people find it, which uh, we appreciate as well. So uh, you have your homework, uh, and you can do that while you're watching today's games and, and this weekend's games, and we'll see you back here on Monday on the Baseball America Playoff podcast. Thanks for listening.